What's up, guys? It's Kyle Marquez. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Astro Mind Podcast. Happy to see you all. Here's peace. Here's love. Here's life. Take that. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. If you're not, please consider doing that because, indeed, you are the one that can make it happen. It's been a long time, I feel like, since I've been in front of the camera, so I'm happy to see you guys again. Uh, lots of new developments, but I'll get to those a little bit later. I want to thank the Patreon so much because everything I do is Patreon-supported. You guys are carrying things on your backs. I love you guys. I'll have you guys at the end of the video, uh, as per usual. Uh, and today I have an amazing guest. All the guests are amazing. This guest is especially amazing. Wonderful human being, a tarot master, past life regressionist. Uh, Corby Mitlide is on the channel. She's written several books about the topics, and we're just going to chop it up. Uh, one of the, the interesting things I learned so far is that she was a psychic comedian or a comedian talking about psychic struggles and interesting things like that. So we're going to get into a lot of stuff in this episode. Uh, and let me turn it over to Corby. Corby, how are you? Tell us a little bit about rocking and, ro rocking and rolling, my friend. All right. Uh, so trying to think. There's the 30-second elevator speech. And uh, uh, the short thing is um, been reading since I was 18. I'm 66. It's my full-time job. Uh, six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about 1,000 people a year. Certified tarot master, past life specialist, and someone who thinks her aura don't stink. No. No, I'm not one of those. Um, in fact, I tell people, you can do what I do. We're all wired like the same houseplant. We all got 10 fingers. We can play the piano. Mm. So that's basically where I am. Where are we going to play today? That's an interesting message. I, I like that specifically because it leaves the, the ball in someone else's court, for instance. Uh, I, I've met a few psychic people who try to keep it under wraps they try to keep it gate kept if that makes any sense they, they they don't want you to step into that realm that they're in because they want to be the psychic and you know i feel like that's changed a lot but when i was starting to grow spiritually it, it you know it didn't make any sense to me there are seven billion people in the world i'm 66 i'm gonna die eventually i can't read them all we need new psychics please indeed the more the merrier what would you say are some of the ways since we're just starting out, I mean, we're, we're going to get into like your your story and like how you started with this and some of the, the the road marks of interesting spiritual experiences. But how would you suggest someone start in their journey to becoming more psychic, more attuned? First thing you have to do is know that you can do it, too. Seriously, we are all wired the same way. Why did I use the fingers? We can all play chopsticks. Some of us devote enough time to learn scales and learn how to read music and practice. One in 10 million is Elton John. You are not necessarily going to be that one in 10 million, but you've got the ability to do it. Number one, baby, you've got to go to boot camp, ground, center, and shield. What's mm -hmm. that? Grounding is making sure you're steady. Centering is literally bringing yourself into center. So you're kind of like a martial artist. You know, they could be sleeping over a pizza and you make a move toward them and they immediately get to you. And shielding. The world is freaking stupid these days. You have to learn how to put that energy bubble around you so other people's slop doesn't bash on you. Mm. With me, I have a brother who thinks that psychics are all fakes, doesn't even tell people what I do. So do I keep my shields up around that? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. The other thing to do is, um, look, it doesn't run in my family. Nobody else did it. So... I started with a book, and it's called Opening to Channel by Samaya Roman and Dwayne Packard. The book's been around for 30 years. It gives you good basics. It teaches you how to connect with your guides. You connect with your guides. You're going to be able to talk to dead people. You're going to be able to get past lives. Your roadways will be clear and operational. Hmm. But the other thing I'll tell you is keep notes. Stay a little skeptical. Do not be a cosmic muffin. What's a cosmic muffin? You wake up, oh, Mercury is retrograde. I'm not getting out of bed today. I, I tell you, man. I, you know, that's another thing I, it's, that's really interesting to me is, uh, is tarot specifically, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not tarot, but like astrology. And it's like the retrograde this and retrograde that. And like these are doing this in the stars. And I think to myself, well, a retrograde only looks like Mercury is going backwards. It's not actually doing that. It just appears that way. Like, why would that make any difference to how you're operating? Uh, 
I'm not an astrologer, but I'll give you the name of the best one I know. And her name is Pat Dumas in York, PA. She's been my astrologer. And some of the things that she tells me, I think when she tells me in January is she has to be out of her mind. And here we are in October and I'm going, Pat, how did you know? So, you know, I'm not going to diss astrology because that's like a a kindergartner dissing calculus because they can't do it. That's a great way to put it. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, when spirit gives us abilities or or taps them, it's like they're going in our file cabinet to see what we've got. Um, Tarot, I got my first deck in 1973 when I was working part-time at Spencer Gitts. They had the James Bond 007 Tarot deck and I bought it. (laughs) I love the stories. Five years later, everybody else was going to roller skates and disco balls. I stuck with the cards. And when I read for 20 years for friends, making sure that I'd stay a clear channel for the information, and my ego was on the shelf. In 1994, all of a sudden, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, greetings, you're working for us. Did it part-time until 9-11 when I looked at my husband and I said, I have to do this work full-time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe in you, go do it. So how do I become a past life specialist? What am I? Theater major at Brown University. I know how to bring characters to life. I'm a word sculptor. I'm a writer. I know how to tell stories. And I'm a history freak. What's that mean? You've got somebody else over here who does good past lives, and you have me. They might say to you, well, there's a life where you're female, and it's a long skirt and a big hat, and you're in front of some real fancy European. So, like, I know it's old-fashioned. Me? Okay. Female. Hobble skirt. Picture hat. That kind of ostrich feather in front of the Brandenburg Gate. We're talking Berlin in 1911. Now, which one's going to give you more information? But don't ask me to use a pendulum. Can't do it. My hand has a slight tremble. I never trust the information. Everybody's got something. Go find yours. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. I I like that so much. Everybody has their own own ability, their own skill. Mm -hmm. So when you started, you said you were 18 and and you bought your first uh, tarot deck, the James Bond. I I like James Bond. New movie just came out. So. Yeah, yep. or it's coming out. I don't know, but uh, I, I do. Anyway, but this was this was live and let die when Jane Seymour was uh, solitaire, the fortune teller. So of course, they took advantage. Indeed, indeed, so. and we're glad they did because you got it. So uh, yep. you you say that your abilities. Uh, I'm I'm a stiffler for technique. Yeah, even though I don't. Uh, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come on, that. come on, yes, come on, come okay, on. Come so on. I, I believe in technique and I believe in method and the importance of it but i also am moving toward more of a belief of like within me is all the things that i need already and like all is one mm-hmm. is what i believe and i wanted to ask you about channeling and things like that but i also know that what you believe you allow to manifest in your life and so if you believe that this technique is going to work for you then it will and if you believe mm-hmm. this one won't work for you then it won't is what i'm currently believing uh but yes i, I do like technique and and methodology mm-hmm. How would you say the transition from, which I believe is a huge transition, from just reading tarot and giving people readings to seeing, hearing spirits and working with your guides? That's like, to me, that's like you went from stage one to stage six or seven. You're like, like I'm here now. Well, that's assuming that a card has the same meaning all the time, which it doesn't. Cards are, yeah, they have meanings, but what they are is doorways to information. And when you get out of your own way, um, you can pull anything from them. For instance, all right, let's look at this. The tower card, it's got lightning and people are falling off the tower and people assume it means doom, gloom, and destruction. Mm -hmm. A good reader can say, no, I want you to think of it like the imploding sports stadium. Okay. Cubbies want to build a new stadium. They got to blow up the old one first. So then you can help people understand Don't panic. Look at what in your life you have to clear out. There's another card, Three of Tentacles. Mm. Standard deck that shows somebody working on a stained glass window in a church. Mm. It's an artisan. It means mastery. It means long-term craft. But in Kitchener, Ontario, I saw that card, turned to the client I was reading and said, there is a deconsecrated or abandoned church within about two miles from here, and that's where you need to open up a cafe bakery. Had they told me that? No. But the couple looked at each other and goes, yeah, we know which one. We've been arguing for two years. Mm. 
So the cards are doorways. They are not just what you think they mean based on the book you read. If you look at the cards and allow your own intuition to go romping through the picture, you're going to pick up stuff specifically for the person you're reading for. Excellent. That I feel like I've never heard. And I mean, it's Mm -hmm. probably no surprise. I haven't done a tremendous amount of study of tarot, but I I use them and I have given that service to people. But uh, yeah, thinking of them as always is much better. Yep. I use tarot and a whole bunch of oracle decks and I use two or three different decks in a reading Mm -hmm. and sometimes for the same question. People are storyteller lovers. They love pictures. Mm -hmm. So while I can channel something for them and I can paint them a picture that way, if they're looking, they sit next to me like this. I don't like them this way. I like them like we're friends. Mm-hmm. And they see, and I point out the allegory in the card, and this means this. They are internalizing that message. And it feels more really for them instead of, well, I could have read that at home. Yeah. There is an art to being an intuitive counselor, which is just the fancy word for psychic medium. Um, but when you understand that and you bring your client into the reading so they own it too that's when the magic really happens hmm. i see because you're working together you know we're mm-hmm. coming together to yeah. figure out this information I see. yes so when you started doing this work like you said after mm-hmm. 9-11 you felt the call to you know do it full time what did that look mm-hmm. like what was the process of starting that business well i've been doing it part sure I've been doing it part-time since 94, but the first year I was still working 70 hours a week as an executive recruiter for engineering and manufacturing uh, in a boutique firm, very high pressure. But evenings and weekends, I went and did the psychic work wherever I could. Once I knew I could make a living, I literally shut the door on corporate and I've never looked back. Uh, For 18 years, I was on the circuit, psychic fairs a lot went coast to coast, went into Canada. My nickname was the Travel Channel okay. uh, because it was 45 weekends a year. Wow. But how does how does spirit work? How does the universe work when you need to? All right, 2019, all of a sudden, herniated disc, pinched nerve. It makes having triplets look like a tea party in terms of pain. But I got over it. The doctor said, you're toast. No more 10 hours in the car, no more loading in, loading out. So I had to move all of my business online. That was November, had it done by March. What happened in March of 2020, the advent of the year of murder hornet bingo and hold my beer? All my friends who only did circuit work, boom. Me, I did better in 2020 than I had done on the road. So the universe said, we need you to do this work, hon. So we're going to reconfigure it so you can continue. Mm. And I've learned when the universe does something, I can piss and bitch and moan, but it's just going to go there and it's going to look at me and go, when you're done? Okay, now we'll get started. I do a lot of bitching Um, and moaning, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, we just do because we can't see the way it can. Um, It also gave me the chance to to write my books as I came off the road. because words are my drug of choice. They always have been. And I wrote my books based on what I saw. I have to admit, my favorite one is the middle one, the Psychic Yellow Road. And it was written to help people stay safe, choose smart intuitives. And it came from something I saw up in Canada. It was one of those 250 booth psychic fairs. And I was across the aisle. And there was what I call the fake gypsy. Jingling skirt and the jewelry and the headscarf and bad Russian accent. And you do come to gypsy. So there was this woman who was walking down the aisle. And all of a sudden, this woman comes out from her booth and grabs the woman. And this in the parlance is called hooking. And it's as bad as the other kind of hooking. She goes, oh, you know, you need to pay 30, 40, 50 dollars. I reach up for 10. Come. Drags the woman into a booth behind the screen. 20 minutes later, we see the client leaving crying hysterical. Hmm. We went over and said, are you all right? What happened? The gypsy had said, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four? Your dog? $50 every family member. 25 for a, for a dog. He's small. We think. 
and told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I bless real good, only one dollar candle. Her entire family was going to die in a car accident in two weeks, and she bought it. Wow. And yes, that's why psychics have such bad reps, because of people like that. Mm. So the book became The Psychic Albert Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. And I don't care if you never come to me after you read that. If that book keeps you safe with another psychic you see, it's the old example, all boats rise. All of us will have a better reputation and yeah. you will get taken. Right, so. right. That's, that's horrible. I mean, that, that's what mm-hmm. gave me a strong aversion to psychics and mediums and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Is when I started yep. getting into my spirituality, I, I had like a, like, no, I'm not going to go over there sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started Christian, of course, and so I was like, going over there would have been like demonic and all this other stuff. Um, but it was because I had seen lots of magicians and like I knew the power to distort and, you know, illusions mm-hmm. and yes. uh, like cold reading and, and all these different things. It's like, I don't want to be taken advantage of because I've seen how it hurts people. It's like, oh, I'm connecting yes. to your, your dead father. As all, he says this and that, and he wants you to get this from me. And, and so, so it's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. giving us all a bad name, essentially. Yes, yes. That's why um, the best medium I ever knew, God rest her soul, was Allie Cheslick in Albany, New York. We nicknamed her Chatty Cathy of the Dead because when she started, she would not stop. Um, but there aren't that many like Allie. I tend to go with what I call the dog tags. For instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80. Notice that doesn't tell me anything, but it'll get me into the energy. Mm-hmm. And I don't go for, it's a rose, he loves you. Oof. It's, I want specific things. For instance, woman wanted to speak to her um, father-in-law. All of a sudden, I felt myself miming the pool cue. He taught her how to play pool. A woman in... Canada wanted to speak to her grandfather. I feel myself salute. Now, American salute, palm down. Brits and Canadians salute, palm out. She had just graduated from the Royal Canadian Manor Police Academy the week before, and he was acknowledging it at his pride in her. That's not it's a rose. It's they love you. Yeah. But it's also one of the reasons that I will not do mediumship in a gallery the way you see, you know, James Antral, Lisa Edward, never. Because I don't censor what comes out of this mouth. And there have been occasions where, look, this is a nice Jewish kid from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I have manners. What comes out of my mouth is so not me. Mm-hmm. But if I'd censor it, the person wouldn't get the message. No sense. So, yeah. yeah. So, and I pick yours and my clients are. I don't, I don't take fuzz, fuzz information. So that is why for me, mediumship is very, very private. Now, past lives I have done in galleries. Um, I don't know. Do you have First Night Chicago? New Year's Eve? Uh, it's, it's going over my head. I don't know. Okay. A lot of cities have First Night celebrations, New Year's Eve. That is citywide. It's family oriented. You know, it's not drinking booze. So we have First Night Saratoga Springs. And I did three past life galleries, 150 people each, 45 minutes, boom, boom, boom. Did everybody get a past life? No, I'm not that fast. But they would give me an obsession or a phobia or a place, and I would immediately pick up what I got. It was an immediate download. Mm-hmm. One woman, and remember, this is middle of winter. Everybody is all dressed up in, in their dark winter coats. Mm-hmm. She said, I've always been fascinated by World War II. And I immediately picked up a life. Italian, five girls in the family, did a lot with USO, three brothers um, who were, one was Air Force, one was Army, one was Navy, the one in the Air Force was killed, and the mother said, we will not wear black, we are so proud of him, and so sky blue became the color, and that family wore it, the women wore that, Hmm. and I opened my eyes and finished the story, and she looks at me, she unzips her coat, she's wearing sky blue, she says, it's always been my favorite color. Who knew? Yeah. that's, you know, and that gives closure. Right. Um, so that you said in the beginning that I'm a past life regressionist, and that's not quite right. I am a past life retrieval person. Let me oh. explain the difference for people. It's very important. Mm-hmm. A regression must only be done 
by a certified hypnotherapist or a certified past life regressionist. Why? Because if they hypnotize you and you go up in the Akashic and you're reliving a violent death of yours or a traumatic rape, they have the expertise to pull you out and make sure you see it objectively. Mm -hmm. A retrieval person like me, I'm the one that when you say, why am I panicked about wet hair on my face? I go up, pull down the past life and say, here, Mm -hmm. you still get the information, but I'm the one who goes and pulls it fast. You don't have to relive it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I see. I see. Because I I often take people through, well, that's one of the things I offer is like a past life regression, hypnosis, astral Mm -hmm. projection, hypnosis, where I'm basically just guiding them through the experience, through past life, Mm -hmm. through the death experience, much like a journey of souls sort of thing, like life between lives. Yes. Um, Yes. And I've had people tell me, uh, or as we're going through the experience, uh, they are having a violent death. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I do have to pull them out of that. It's one of those things where it's just like, all right, uh, you know, okay, this is really sad. Let's let's take a second and let's move to after this happens. Where are you now after this is already over? You know, just being able to just cut that Mm -hmm. off and say, I know that hurts a lot. Let's move away from that as opposed to, you know, reliving that trauma. So I'm glad you uh, pointed that out. Uh, I know a lot of retrieval people retrievalists mm-hmm. i know that's not the word yep. <laughs> it's a word today that's hey, fine we, with we, me. we've made it uh so tell me a little bit about reincarnation because past lives have a lot to do with that what is reincarnation all right if anybody thinks they can get it all learned in one life what are you nuts yes so uh we all come time and time and time again. And for all the people who say, but the Bible says we only live once. I say, you're right too, because here's the deal. All right, let's take Will Smith. Will Smith did a great job when he was young, Fresh Prince. But then he also did Agent J in Men in Black. Now the Fresh Prince and Agent J are two absolutely different characterizations. But they both came from one person. Think of Will Smith as the soul, the higher self, and Fresh Prince and Agent J as the incarnations. That's how it works. Um, So our souls come down time and time again. Cal, Corby, we get one shot. Mm -hmm. This recipe will never be down here again. It's one and done. So that's the difference. That's, uh, that fulfills the Christian view that, you know, YOLO, you only live once. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, Far Eastern, like, you know, you have many lives. That's a great way of looking mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. Great way of looking at it. Karma, too, is not what you think. People say karma is bad and good. Karma is good and evil. Mm-hmm. Are you? That's kindergarten, kids. Uh, the work that I did with Robert Schwartz in his book series, Your Soul's Plan, Your Soul's Gift, Your Soul's Love, karma is five things. Mm-hmm. Unbalanced energy, which is a neutral. Healing, service, contrast. If you want to learn about abundance, you've got to do both rich lives and poor lives and healing of beliefs. When you understand that, it's not evil. I've done the breast cancer dance three times. Does that mean I'm awful? No. It is how I needed to learn certain things that I had set out for myself in my pre-book life. Let's take, I'm going to go back. Elton is, is one of my favorite examples. Remember Ryan White? Ryan White was the kid who got AIDS from a blood transfusion in the 1980s. And because people did not understand what AIDS was, then he was a pariah. His family was treated horrifically, but he made friends with Elton John. And Elton basically adopted the family played at Ryan's funeral and was so moved by this child's courage that he immediately got off the drink and the drugs that he had been on. It's been more than 30 years now. He has stayed clean. And then he started the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which has raised over half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research and health worldwide. My understanding is that the soul of Ryan White said, life of service. Short, tough circumstances, but look at what will be happening because of it. So no, Ryan didn't get AIDS because he was bad. That was a courageous soul. When you see it that way, you stop judging. Judging is how we keep ourselves small. 
Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I haven't looked at it like that. And it, it makes so much sense when you put it that way. Is that the often the story is, you know, you did something horrible in a past life and now this life you're paying for that. He's like, God, I can't make any decisions in this life. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've even heard people, even monks, like, you know, tell me, it's like, oh, I've seen people living lives that are absolutely horrible, but they're the nicest people in this current life. And it's just a, it's a mind boggling concept. But when you put it that way, and it kind of lines up with an experience I had uh, pertaining to my guides. Uh, the first time I met my guides. Oh, yes. I love telling the story. <laughs> but, uh, Tell me a story, Uncle Cal. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, Uncle Cal, it's funny you say that. I was a, a camp counselor, and the kids that would come, they would, you know, the name was Uncle Cal, you know, Uncle Cal. Uh, so astral projection is a big thing for me. This My channel started with astral projection. It was my first, like, introduction into spiritual things. I was like, oh, this is legit. Now I can give my attention to it. Uh, and so I, one of these mornings, I did whatever technique, got up you know, get out of my body. And I was eager to meet my guides. I had spoken to a, um, an angel reader and he had told me, like, you have this specific guy. And I was like, I want to meet this guy. Mm-hmm. So naturally I get out of body and, you know, I, I leave and I don't know how to call my guides or anything. So I'm just yelling to the heavens, the guide's name. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lady pokes her head out from around the building. She's like, Hey, stop screaming. Come back here. You know, uh, you know, I follow her and there's this, this group of people. One of them is sitting down, you know, looking chill. And I uh, I go up to him. I was like, this is the guy? She's like, yeah, this is him. And uh, I was like, so where you been, man? I've been calling you left and right. I've been trying to reach you. You never answer me. <laughs> like, you uh, never call. You never write. Exactly. You know, <laughs> how many people are trying to reach out to their guides and their guides are like, you know, leave them on red. Like, come on, man. And it's like, I want to fight you for this. I was really upset for whatever reason. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've got a very short temper when it comes to things i don't know why but that's maybe something in a past life but uh especially when it comes to people like making me wait for for some reason the waiting is uh is one of the biggest things that irks me and so i'm talking Mm -hmm. to my guide and i'm like get up get up right now i'm gonna fight you come on i I gotta set you straight he gets up and he's like nine feet tall all right hold on a second let's (laughs) let's talk have a seat again and let's let's have a conversation and i asked him um like I need to, uh, I, I want to be able to astral project more often, whenever I want to. Like I want all these powers. Help me get all of this. And you know he's got like the blonde hair, is just a uh, stoic look, wearing all all black. He, he has like a trench coat looking thing. And uh, you know he looks to the other two, which I assume were guides, and he's like, you'd have to change the contract to do that. And I was just the first I had ever heard of a contract. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, and he's like, uh, pulls out this huge like packet of information mm-hmm. and uh you know the the lady guy that pulled me to the back she she reaches over she's like you'd have to change the information in your contract that you set up before you came into this life and that would alter mm. the results that you planned before coming here um and naturally i was like ah, oh, you know whatever i want to do these things and they're like nah you know we're not gonna let you do that because you you told us specifically that when you asked to change it not to let you change it mm-hmm. damn Mm-hmm. A rascally devil. I'll say that. That's <laughs> so, that's your pre-birth plan, yeah. and that is your counsel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, but no, not yeah. happening. They were like, yeah, we knew you'd ask this, but it's not. It's not going to happen. And it's mm-hmm. it's those things. And so I, I totally believe in like the the pre-birth planning, and like you know, I, I come up with this list of things to do. Like, all right, I'm going to live a hard life, you know, but it's going to result in this, you know, and all of that business, like these different things. It's rough though. Mm-hmm. It's hard to oh hey doing doing the cancer dance three times was not my idea of fun but who would i be if i hadn't i wouldn't teach the way i do i wouldn't have the compassion level i do and people who are going through hell in their own lives i'm not just some glurpy purple with angels it's all right your angels have your back no i've been there honey and so they believe me so Okay, you've got to tell me about this psychic drive-by business. (laughs) Oh, the psychic drive-by shooting. Yes. Okay. Um, Please, I beg of you, do not believe what you see on the Long Island medium. What happens is, first, 
the screenwriters decide they're going to do that. Then for about a month, they go and they look at all of the Wegmans on Long Island and they choose one. And then they start looking at the clients in there and they approach a few that look good and say, we'd be interested in having you on the Long Island medium. And they sign a release form out of this and that. And then with about 12 takes, the Long Island medium walks up and says, excuse me, you ran Doris? Says you have a bad tire and you're going to die in a car accident if you don't get a neat fit. Just telling you when she walks away. Cut, do it again. I, but people see that and they believe it. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, the there are some people who can legitimately do that. Yeah. There's a fabulous spiritualist community called Lilydale in Western New York. Mm. And their mediums are famous. But they, they have manners. They might come up to you, excuse me, um, I'm Reverend Shirley Gusek, and I'm from Lilydale. I believe I may have a message for you. May I come to you? But if you say, no, I'm not ready for that, they nod and they walk away. You control. Mm. You know, um, it, it, the people that also drive me crazy are hands-on healers, mm. Reiki or whatever. I can do that. It's I don't like, know oh, how. No, don't bash God. Reiki. Like, what's going on? God. No, no, I'm not going to bash Reiki. Mm. Um, I've never had any training. I just, I can relieve pain sometimes. So if I see someone with a severe headache, I may go up to them and say, look, sometimes I can relieve pain, hands-on healing. Do you want me to try? If they say no, I back off and I don't care if they're rolling on the floor. They've said, no, that's their free will. Hmm. What I have experienced at these fairs is if I have a headache, one more thing. Oh, I'm a Reiki master. I'll fix that. And I back off. I say, no, excuse me, but I don't. No, really, I will. And they come at you until you say, back off. And they go, you're not very spiritual, are you? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, no. Yeah. Boundaries are boundaries are boundaries. And that kind of behavior is why people are afraid of us. Yeah. They figure we have no boundaries. We will not listen to them and we'll take over. Yeah, take over and take it. So that's, that's why drive-by psychic shootings are such a hot button. It's a mess. Now, I, I knew someone who could do that. Uh, like, uh, I, I call him my mentor. I yeah. But uh, it's a, a very interesting man I met when I was in church. And mm -hmm. I, was, I, I wasn't I was a normal church-going person, just so that, you know, okay. we know more of each other. I started, yes. uh, I was a solo person doing my own thing for a very long time, searching for astral projection and abilities. And then I stumbled upon the Bible. And I read yeah. that they had all these abilities. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so Acts I, chapter I two, baby. Exactly. Acts. I, I read through Acts and I was like, all right, this is cool. I want this. And so I went to the church mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, what, what about this stuff? And they're like, oh, we don't do this anymore. It's like, it doesn't happen anymore. And I was like, nah, it doesn't say that anywhere that I'm reading. And so uh, I remember praying that uh, I would find a mentor or someone would come mm -hmm. and they would teach me all these things. And, you know, before long, uh, a new guy comes to the church from a different church about an hour away. And he's like, yeah, I just... Uh, God told me to come here because there was someone I had to mentor or something like that. And so I mm -hmm. proceeded to have three dreams about him consecutively, night after night, ending with us coordinating uh, a meeting mm -hmm. and, and being uh, like a mentor, okay. mentee. Uh, the interesting thing is he had an ability to perceive thoughts or to read minds that I tested mm -hmm. several times <laughs> just because, I, you know, you can't trust somebody when they say that. You got you to gotta put them to the test. It's Hey, the Bible also has Doubting Thomas. You know, you were just fulfilling a role. Hey, right. I was just playing the role. I had to. Mm -hmm. Like someone says they can read minds. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to test you now. I'll test you at a time of uh, least convenience for you, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, like he, uh, I remember he was driving. We were driving somewhere, and he would, he would point people out as he would go by. And he's like, oh, this person does that. That's going on in their life, this, this, and that. And I was like, you could just see this? Like, yeah, I can just see it right over their head. And like the information, uh, you know, I can just see, I'll see an image of their life as I'm driving by. And uh, he, but he said, I would never tell someone that, you know, it's, it's not something I would just go up and say, uh, hey, this and this and this. He's like, I started doing that when I, when I was younger and I had the ability. I'd say, hey, this is going on. You need to stop that. Uh, but over time, you learn the etiquette, spiritual etiquette. Mm -hmm. And so yes. I, I feel like that's, exactly that's why I right. The spiritual mm -hmm. etiquette. I feel like I've gotten used to not telling people things. Uh, I'll see things from time to time, and I just, if I'm supposed to, the the situation will arise where it comes out. You'll get the nudge. Yeah, yeah. You'll get like, the I, nudge. Sure. I don't usually like doing things like that. I'm I'm a very charismatic person. I love talking to people, but when it comes to, uh, you know, they just lost someone, 
or they just went through a breakup or, you know, they're suicidal, <laughs> they're dealing with this. And it just like, I see the image of them. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't want to tell them that. Like, what are you talking about? That's, I know. that's rough. I know. Um, you know, I love the fact that you say you're a charismatic. People don't understand us. I'm one too. And you either love us or you hate us. We walk into a room three feet before we walk into a room. It's just who we are. And it doesn't mean that we think our aura don't stink. It's just that we so love what we've been asked to do. And we are so ready to rock and roll with spirit. That's, that's where it comes from. But, you know, I find this mentor-mentee thing really, really interesting. I'm working on my fourth book now, and it's called Elder and Apprentice. Now, what's that? You know, by chronological age, I'm a boomer. And we've seen what boomers are like. You know, uh, it's I'm still who I was in the 1970s and 80s, and everything we did was great, and we were able to do this, why can't you, and, and, and. Mm-hmm. Most boomers and some Gen Xs don't understand. Millennials and Gen Zs are up against a very different world. We never were afraid the world wouldn't even exist by the time we were 70 or 80. We never were attacked on American soil. We were never afraid that our neighbor would come after us with a gun because we wear masks and they don't, or we're Democrats and he's a Republican. Mm. We never worried about possibly getting a job. We never worried about our vote counting. So they have a very different world to deal with. What's an elder then? We know it's our turn to come off the stage. We're leaving the spotlight and we encourage the millennials and the Gen Zs to come on. We will give them whatever knowledge we have that is of use to them. We will never say, well, in our day we. And occasionally, as I have done, you find that one student. I've got a student, her name is Ula. She's been my student for two years. She's 14. She's better than 80% of the readers out there already. All she's lacking is life experience. Lucky. So she is now my apprentice and I'm her elder. And that is lifelong. God, I love that. I love the relationship of that. For me, it, it just does something in my heart. It's just like, yes, this is good. Like, right. And we're we're writing this book together because we've read Teen Psychic and Teen Witch. And Ula looked at me and said, they're written by adults. Don't tell a teenager... Blank out your mind. Have no thoughts. Are you kidding? So it's like Ula has an exercise. It's a sea anemone. And your thoughts come in and out like clownfish. And you eventually learn the clownfish will swim away. You don't pay attention to the fish. Now that does the same thing in a way that a youngster can handle. Hmm. We also talk about what are boundaries? How do you deal with this when other people don't understand it? What is your responsibility to the world? Whereas the, one of these other books is talking about setting up your altar, including a scrying mirror. You're 14. You don't know what you're going to see in there. You don't know how to grand center shield, and they want you to have a scrying mirror. Are they freaking nuts? Mm-hmm. So Ula and I are writing the book we know should be out there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, so, so much to, to think about when it comes to like scrying and sigils and there's so many phrases that, so many tools that you just have no idea of how to use. And uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm someone who's been blessed with mentors and just rubbing shoulders with really interesting people like yourself. And I, I'm, I'm seeing now that there's a lot of misinformation. Well, I mean, you know that. It's like, oh, there's misinformation everywhere. Preach. Until you Preach. get into it and you're like, oh, this is what this means? I've never heard anyone say that before. Like I'm working with someone uh, now who's teaching me about magic. And, you know, uh, this is specifically like a, a Renaissance Arabic magic that originated in Egypt and things. Ooh, and he's, he's telling me a lot of what you see on YouTube is very dangerous because they're calling spirits they don't know. They're dealing with multiple spirits at a time, which is extremely dangerous. It's like you work with one spirit. And when you're done working with that spirit, you stop, send it away, say thank you, and then start working with another one. You don't work with multiples. You you have to be clean. And there's just so much going into it. It's like, I've never heard it anywhere. And Oh, yeah. You, you don't want a spirit rave. 
which is basically what a lot of people are bringing in. They never send the spirits away. They're calling more. And I was the exact person. And and he told me, it's like, you know, uh, and it's another thing I like about legit people is they'll mm-hmm. ask you, uh, you know, one of my mentor's friends is a fortune teller over there. He's from uh, Syria. And uh, he, you know, he doesn't speak English. So, you know, they're like talking back and forth. And he's like, hey, uh, my friend wants to tell you things about your life. Are you okay with that? I was like, shit, let's go, man. Tell me. And uh, he's like, you have this issue, that, this and this and that. It's like, would you like him to continue? Because he's getting into deep stuff. And I was like, sure. It's like, you've dealt with this as a child, this, this. And he just goes on and on. And he says, you did rituals and you summoned spirits several years ago. And those spirits are still with you and they're angry. And that's why you deal with this. You deal with that. You deal with this. You need to cleanse from all that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, well, he's right on all counts. This is there's a lot of work that needs to be done to repair the, the nonsense that people get into because they don't have yes. proper guidance. Yeah. But you know, with what you were saying, people have a right when they come to me to say, I don't want to know about X, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm never going to tell you when you're going to die. That's illegal, immoral, unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But for instance, with, unless I really, really know you forever, I would tell a reader, I do not want to know anything about my health. Why? Because I'm a hypochondriac. And you tell me that there's this bump on my finger, I'll say, oh my God, I'm getting left elbow cancer. It's going to fall off. Don't put those thoughts in my head, please. Um, And now when I do health stuff, the most I will do is if I see something, I say, "Eh, you want to go get a check. Mm -hmm. Um, Years ago, there was someone I saw some gray in his chest. I just said, you know, I'll get a chest extra just to make sure. Never saw them again. Five years later, the wife comes back and says, I cannot thank you enough for making us go to get that x-ray because it was the start of ALS. Hmm. And because we caught it very, very early, he had four good years before he died. Thank you. But that's a rare beast for me. Uh You know, my specialty is not health. Um, Frankly, my specialty are things like career. Um, if you came to me and say, all right, I want to open up um, a vintage clothing store, I would not flip three cards and say, wait until January and fire the second redhead. It would be a card for you, a card for the energy around the business, a card for the uh, brick and mortar location, how to market it, clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. Giving you all the information possible to put a rocket pack on your back. Yeah. I teach my clients, do not ask yes or no questions, because if I say no, you're going to live in a box under a bridge and lose everything. Where do you go? Mm-hmm. So my clients know better. I am not here to tell you what to do with your life. I'm here to hand you the tools, but I'm not the repair man. That's you. That's the only time that I change that is if a woman comes to me and she admits she's battered, abused, whatever. Um, the wiki woo hat comes off. The reverend collar goes on. And I do some pastoral counseling about get out now because you're not safe. But that's the only time when my opinion comes forward. The rest of it has to be up to them. It does, yeah. And brings me back to guides and, and, you know, guardian Mm -hmm. angels and things. Uh, Yes. I I know why it's difficult to get direct help the way that I would want it. Uh, It's because, like, you know, we're living in a video game where... If, you know, your older sibling comes and helps you with the level, you won't develop the skills needed to beat the next level because we're in a game mm-hmm. where every level is, uh, you know, directly related to the one before it. And yes. uh, many times I feel like spirit guides are, they're with you in it and they're giving you the energy and motivation and inspiration to go through what you're going through. But you have to go through mm-hmm. it because it'll develop you into who you'll be later. It just sucks going through it, you know. I know. Going through the fire yeah. is a pain. Do you see a difference between angels and spirit guides? Because I do. Uh, I don't. No. And I don't right. probably just because of ignorance. So please shed light on it. All right. Everybody remembers Venn diagrams in math. You know, you have the two circles and a little bit in the middle. Well, the Venn diagram for spirit guides and angels is a donut. In the hole is the angels. The spirit guides are the donut. Meaning all angels are spirit guides, but not all spirit guides are angels. Sometimes spirit guides can be people who have passed on who love you, avatars, people have animal spirit guides, energy signatures. For instance, my father was my best friend. Um, and so 
He died a week before 9-11, but he was a fabulous internist cardiologist. When I'm doing medical intuitive work, that will very often come in. And one of my favorite stories, there was a woman, she was 74. She was still a nurse up in upstate New York. She said, do me a favor, just do a check, please tell me how I'm doing. And I hear the rustle of a white coat behind me. And I point to the empty air and I said, I'd like to introduce you to my father, uh, Dr. Dorkin. He was a really fabulous cardiologist. He still does consults. Now, I know from nothing about medicine, zip nada. Mm-hmm. And so I open up and what immediately comes out of my mouth is what's with the T waves. She looks at me. She had had abnormal T waves on her electrocardiogram two weeks ago. What did my father do for 30 years as director of the heart station at a New Jersey hospital, but read EKGs? And so I look over my shoulder and I say to him, you know, you're still a pretty good doctor. You are dead. He laughs. Mm. So, but spirit guides grow and change as we do. You don't have the same teacher from kindergarten to PhD. My first spirit guides were people that I flew with 100 years ago in World War I when we were all pilots. Of course, they would be my first guides because I loved them, I trusted them, we saved each other's lives. I've moved on to a higher vibe guide now, and I work very much with my own angel, Baruchiel. But it doesn't mean that Kurt and Carl Emil and Manfred and Oswald were gone. I still love them, but they were my first grade teachers. Now I'm working with bio and high school, if you will. That's why guides can change. That's why if I tell you you've got Ralph the Wonder Dog today and five years later somebody tells you you've got something else, maybe neither of us is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a different perspective. They're looking at a six, you're looking at a nine, you know. Yep. Both are correct. Exactly. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Interesting, indeed. So uh, about your origin in this, what are some of the things that gave you the assurance or the the confidence that what you were experiencing was genuine it was too weird Hmm. it was too weird um you know the um the first time i i got a dead person i was working with someone on past life stuff Hmm. and that's when i picked up the life i had as world war one pilot we were sitting and all of a sudden we saw both of us in the room, a short, stout guy. He was World War II Luftwaffe, very sad. And over his shoulder, we saw uh, a mirror and written in someone's lipstick was Iron Man, why did you forsake me? Now, she and I both know who this was. This was a very famous German pilot World War II, but was also an ace in World War I, who had committed suicide. So we were able to help that soul move out of the, basically the purgatory he put himself in and move, you know, heal the soul. Well, I paid for that because I didn't know how to ground center and shield at that point. Uh-huh. Um, I, that was in Colorado. I was home in Atlanta. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and I see I'm in, you know, big flap final shirt and the tail of it comes and stands like this. And I hear a voice saying, now, do you believe I can't get in? And their hands rum in it. I managed to get rid of it. But I immediately called on my buddy, Adam. And Adam has a sign on the astral in big neon lights that says, I'm a professional. I don't care. He got from... <laughs> That's great. Um, the, the Midwest to Atlanta, he had a six foot ceremonial sword that he got through the metal detector. I don't know how, huh. you know, but this is the 90s. It wasn't that bad. And we come in and we bottle this up. It was Herman Garrett. Um, and so I've never been bothered by that again, but I also know how to ground center and shield. I have my guides around me all the time. I know who I'm working for. Hmm. This is not I'm having fun boss told me to do this. He's the one who handed me the draft notice. I took my orders. Um, so, yeah, I know this stuff can really happen, mm. but you got to be careful. You've got to know how to protect yourself. It's why, can, can I do a 30-second scream on Ouija boards, please? Honestly, I was just about to ask you about Ouija boards. What do I do for a living, Cal? 
Well, of course. That's we're, why we're, I knew you were going to We're right. We're on the same. <laughs> <laughs> we're there. Like, I was okay. just looking so, at it. I was like, I got to ask about Ouija yeah. boards, man. No, no, no. Ouija boards. Um, when I do psychic fears and I lecture, I say, who here has ever tried a Ouija board? And But two-thirds raise their hand. Mm-hmm. I go, please, please. Using a Ouija board when you don't know how to ground, center, and shield is like opening your door in a strange neighborhood and yelling free beer. You do not know who's out there, but they heard you when they're coming. And yes, Jane Roberts got Seth and uh, Esther Hicks got Abraham with a Ouija board. But I have had to deal with hysterically gibbering teenagers who came to me because when they put their hands on the planchet and said, who's there? Spelled fast backwards was, I have an accident. I'm here to kill you. Trust me, it's not their Uncle Danny. And for everybody who says, oh, but it's in the toy department. How dangerous can it be? I say, okay, fine. Who here has a kid or a grandchild under 10 with a bunch of hands bobbing? say, all right, you, how old? Eight. What's the kid's name? Joshy. All right. Joshy says, Aunt Rose, Aunt Rose, I just got all A's on my report card. And you said that we would go to the toy department. I could choose anything I wanted. Let's go. And he drags you over to a box in the toy department that says, my first chainsaw. Are you going to let him play with it by himself? I don't think so. Yeah. So get a clue. Right, you know, right. sometimes you really need to hit people upside the head with a big clue brick. And for Ouija boards, that's the case. Yes. I mean, and, and there's lots of, and this is another thing that I'm not a huge fan of, is how media likes to distort and blow out of proportion the different results mm-hmm. of, of using things. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ouija boards can be dangerous. Like you said, opening a door and, like, inviting anything. Um mm-hmm. But the same goes for astral projection and like movies like Insidious and The Conjuring, where, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just in it in and of itself, it's a bad thing to be doing. And it turns a lot of people off. A lot of people come to me with fear of like, you know, uh, you know, am I going to be possessed? Am I ever going to be able to get back? And it's like, yeah. where are you getting this from? Like, oh, yeah, Insidious. I see Insidious, too. You know, stuff like that. Uh, media just twist it. Have you noticed that mm-hmm. with uh, things in your oh, yeah. Work? Oh, oh yeah. Um, you know, you see some movies and it's terrible. But there was actually a movie that got my experience with spirit guides and angels pretty on target. And believe it or not, that was the movie City of Angels with Nicolas Cage. And I think it was Meg Ryan. Everybody else was in there weeping. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Um, yeah, I know, but people wouldn't believe that so i tell everybody grain of salt grain of salt don't believe charmed don't believe harry potter Mm. um if you want to learn how to do this you got to start from the bottom up you really do you can't just grab a wand say expelliarmus and have somebody's locker explode we all would like to do that especially if we were the kids in high school that got picked on but yeah, blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be a good time. The, the reality of magic is something that surprises me daily. Uh, you know, the, the further I move into it, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I'm noticing it, it may be just this particular school of magic, but they do use mm-hmm. incantation, and the incantation are just names of different spirits different uh kings and lineages of spirits and you know hierarchies the vibe of the name our name is who Mm. we are it's why you don't share your name you know i told you off air what my legal aim is Mm. it is nowhere connected with corby yeah because the legal name is what i keep for those close to me corby's the entertainer's name and that's fine names have power words have power numbers have power and the more people realize that, and the power comes from here, they stop wanting to do the Harry Potter stuff and they realize if you have real magic, it is worth working on. Hmm. But does it heal the world? Does it heal you? Is it greed or is it generosity? What are you using your magic for? That is a uh, honestly one of the main things, if I could be totally honest with you, is yes. the further I move into the reality of it mm-hmm. and the 
I mean, it would sound crazy to someone who's never heard me talk about it, but being able to do the things that are available, it's so vast and like so powerful. It's just like, I could be a supervillain. I could be a menace. And there's a part of me that like swells up and it's like, yes, now I can take vengeance on all the things that have happened. I can right the world. It's ego, I can baby. Bring balance to the force, you know? You know, I could stop Padme from dying. Like, I am the one. I can do this. And I was like, wait. It's this way for a reason. There's a reason why I didn't discover this or meet these people until very recently. Like, I'm convinced 100% had I met these people and learned this magic when I was 18, I would be dead or I would have caused some terrible tragedy. Because that's how powerful it is and that's how angry I was at the time. Yes. I just, I just have a little bit more patience. Just a little bit. That's all. As my grandmother would say, you got a schnut. Just a schnut. <laughs> just a, a little schnut. bit. Yeah. So, but no, the more we realize the profound magic that is out there and how small we are, how short we are, we're a blip in the universe, then when we can tamp the ego down, that's when we are a vessel for it, truly. Yes, I know you would like to do this and, you know, your friend isn't in poverty. And why wouldn't that be a good thing? What if in his pre-birth plan, for many years he had been wealthy and squandered it and he had to learn the true value of just enough? You would have taken away that whole pre-birth plan. Yeah. We must trust that people's lives are, are what they're meant to be. It doesn't mean go, don't work in a food kitchen. It doesn't mean don't contribute to a scholarship. It doesn't mean don't rescue cats. But it means you aren't there to stop all the pain in the world. It seems to be how mankind has to learn. Do what you can with what you have where you are. But don't take away their free will. Don't insist on healing them if they're not ready to be healed. That's the hard part. When we know we can and we have to sit on our hands. Yeah, that's tough. Why have the abilities at all if I can't use them as I see fit? It seems like the more you're given, obviously, it's mm-hmm. the more control you need to exert and exercise. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And it's a pain in the butt. (laughs) It really is. And the the more you connect with your guides and your friends' guides, what, you know, I always ask, how can I support you? Not how can I help you? How can I support you? Because sometimes people don't want help. They they know they can handle it themselves, but they want support. Hmm. When someone asks for prayers, it's always... I pray for healing, not a cure. I pray for healing. Because maybe this is their this is where they decided their ticket's going to get punched, but they're not talking to their youngest child. If by praying for healing, there is closure with that youngest child before they die of their terminal cancer, they got a healing. It wasn't a cure. It was a healing. Such a different thing. Yeah. It's tough. It is tough, definitely. Mm-hmm. It is. It's why we are given these abilities in increments so that we can learn and it can match our own soul's growth. What I'm telling you at 66 would not have been in my little pea brain at 40. Hmm. It wouldn't. I would not have gone through the third bout of breast cancer. I would not have had the double mastectomy and gone from a Dolly Parton figure to a fat fire plug with permanent side effects. So I had to learn who I was without my looks. Because hmm. I traded on those looks all when I was younger. And so now I look at myself as a whole person. Still a little hard for me to accept that I'm beginning to look like a grandmother because I never had kids. I was just the biggest kid in the room. But <laughs> it's how things go. I see. The natural passage of time. I find myself, and this is just an off topic, me, me talking, but I find myself like becoming 
frighteningly aware that we are just on a ball spinning around, you know, the sun in the middle of space. And it's just, everything is just out there. Like mm-hmm. we're just out here and everything could yeah. just end in a moment. And it's absolutely miraculous that it doesn't end every single moment. I, I too mm-hmm. am a hypochondriac. I deal with severe anxiety sometimes. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. I have to say it's getting better. But sometimes it'll just be like paralyzing. Like, how are we still alive? How is this planet even still spinning? Like, what is all of this? You know, it's just so, it's like a house of cards we live on. And it's miraculous that the tornado outside doesn't blow it over. You know? It drives you're funny. me nuts. You, you remind, this is, you're so young. This is way before your time. But years and years and years ago, Mel Brooks did a bit on the 2,000-year-old man. And he was the man. And I think it was Carl Reiner who was saying, so tell us, how did you find God? How did you invent God? And the 2,000-year-old man goes, well, there was this guy, Phil. And Phil was so much bigger than all of us. So we prayed to Phil. Oh, Phil, please don't take our mastodon meat. Oh, Phil, please don't throw us out of our cave. But then one day, Phil was there. And lightning came and struck and killed Phil. And so we figured there's something bigger than Phil must be God. You know, <laughs> that's that's uh, how the, we work. We have no conception of how this thing happens. The, the one thing I quibble on with you is, and now, shift. Because energy does not end. We might all become powder, but the consciousness would go on. But yeah. because we don't know what that looks like, whether it's the pearly gates, whether it's the Summerlands, whether it's Nirvana, it's like we're nervous because nobody really comes back from the dead and says, so look, this is what happened. Yeah. We'd like to think so, but um, you stay in the present moment if you can. This is your power place. I can't change what I was when I was in my 20s and God knows what I'm going to be like in my 80s. Today is what I got. I have abilities. What can I do with them today to heal? What can I do with them to soften a blow? What can I do with them to help somebody turn a light on in their mind? That's why we do what we do. That's why you were given your abilities and I was given mine. Because we are wired to do this. Not everybody is. It's why I wake up every morning and I say I get to get up today. Not I have to get up. Of course you would say that. Of course. It's Why, something I course? think about all the time. Of course. I get to do I have this. the feeling you're a brother from another mother. I mean, it's just, we're we're so parallel in so many things. Indeed. I, so. I do. Uh, well, I mean, if you're on the podcast, then we mm-hmm. were supposed to be in the podcast. And I feel like our conversation yes. is is very helpful. I mean, that's the only reason why I do the podcast is I love talking to people. And if that's my gift then gosh, I'm a, I'm a lucky boy because <laughs> mm-hmm. I like talking oh, yeah. to people. It's, this has been fun. You know, mm-hmm. you haven't asked. Uh, uh, I'm going to digress too. The podcast hope that drive me crazy is I always give them, you know, 20, 30 questions they can ask. And they ask the first one and I say something. Like, awesome. Tell me, blah, blah, blah. And so they're just reading. And I mm-hmm. could be reciting a grocery list to them and they don't get it. Mm-hmm. You are engaged you you massage the conversation you say what about this and this and this which makes it a true conversation even more than an interview there's so much energy yeah and and i just adore this so i want to say thank you while people are listening oh it's it's a pleasure listening watching i'm just glad people come through but i noticed when i was younger that uh especially with my mentors he would tell these stories Mm -hmm. and we would have these conversations and it was like rivers of this energy hitting me and i was like this is amazing i love hearing about this and i feel like it was that in itself the facilitation of those conversations are what caused me to grow spiritually and Mm -hmm. i started my youtube channel with the goal of creating a community where i could share my experiences and let people Mm -hmm. know hey you're not alone i love telling stories so here are these stories i know they're going to help you and uh this podcast is an extension of that and so having you here and your perfect. your experience is perfect. Perfect indeed. Yes. Uh, uh, tamam, as they would say in Arabic. What <laughs> is that? What does that mean? Tell me. Uh, tamam, excellent. 
Excellent. My Arabic is, is we, very poor, <laughs> I assure you. As we but, would say in German, ausgezeichnet. So, yeah, there you are. Uh, wunderbar. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wunderbar. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think I'm going to close this out. It's been a really good one. Uh, let's stick around for a minute. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the usual thing <laughs> that, that people are, are used to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to do it for this episode of the Astromind Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This was a really good one. I feel like I was spiritually enriched. I hope you were as well. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, leave them in the comment section below, or you can reach me by phone or email. It's going to be in the comment section below. And before I leave out, one thing I have to do, uh, Corby, please tell the people where they can find you, what you're working on now, where they can get your books, your services, get in contact with you. Just let them have it. Oh, well, they can't avoid me. I'm all over the internet. <laughs> um, you go to my website, CorbyMidline.com. You find me on Facebook, Fire Through Spirit. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, that's all Corby Midline. And if you want to work with me directly, you know, readings, you get them on my website. But work with me directly, yes, I have a Patreon. So go there. I do events once a month where... Uh, we all get together and you have a question I'll read for you other people on there may read for you too it's a tribal council fire and it's great fun so that's how you find me oh and books Amazon 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 Mm. excellent indeed excellent indeed Uh, I will keep all of those linked in the description below or at least the website I'll find them all they'll be there so you won't have to look too far (laughs) because I know you guys don't like looking for stuff I'm just being honest just being honest um blessings to all of you guys again if you need my help if you want services from me or anything or trying to get in contact with me i'm i'm out there you can find my stuff um but blessings love and light namaste and as always never stop adventuring that's a good one another one in the books Thank you.